Hello to you and welcome, I'm Ben Thompson. We start this hour with news that the UK has confirmed it's supplied Ukraine with long-range cruise missiles. They are known as Storm Shadows. They have a range of up to 560 kilometres, that's about 350 miles. They can only carry conventional warheads. Well, they were designed to target infrastructure like command centres or bridges or other strategic targets. It is understood to be the first time that Ukraine has been given such weapons. There have apparently been assurances that they would only be used inside Ukraine's sovereign territory and not inside Russia. Here is the UK's Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, making that announcement in the House of Commons. In December, I informed the House that I was developing options to respond to Russia's continued aggression in a calibrated and determined manner. Today, I can confirm that the UK is donating Storm Shadow missiles to Ukraine. Storm Shadow is a long-range, conventional-only precision strike capability. It complements the long-range systems already gifted, including HIMARS and Harpoon missiles, as well as Ukraine's own Neptune cruise missile and longer-range missions elsewhere gifted. The donation of these weapon systems gives Ukraine the best chance to defend themselves against Russia's continued brutality, especially the deliberate targeting of Ukrainian civilian infrastructure, which is against international law. Ukraine has a right to be able to defend itself against this. The use of Storm Shadow will allow Ukraine to push back Russian forces based within Ukrainian sovereign territory. Well, that's the UK Defence Secretary Ben Wallace there. And uh, just a quick update for you uh, regarding that uh, expected so-called Ukrainian counter-offensive, that summer counter-offensive. Uh, we've also heard, too, that the founder of uh, Russia's mercenary force, uh, that's called Wagner Group, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, claims that Ukrainians have begun a counter-attack that approaches the hotly contested town of Bakhmut. Well, Mr Prigozhin has called it partially successful. We should say at this stage the BBC hasn't been able to verify that claim, but it gives you a sense of what might be going on right now on the ground, uh, particularly relevant, of course, given that announcement from the UK Defence Secretary over that provision of longer-range missiles. Well, let's speak now to the BBC's Russia's Sergei Goryashko, who's in the capital of Latvia, uh, that is Riga. Uh, Sergei, good to have you with us. And so that announcement that we've had from the UK Defence Secretary, an important one. Uh, and if you look at some of the, uh, the words uh, spoken around it, suggesting that the UK will not stand by while Russia kills civilians, uh, he says this is a calibrated and proportionate response. Those are the important elements here too. Uh, yes, uh, totally sure. However, we still have questions uh, how exactly these uh, these uh, missile could be used by the Ukrainian army. As the only plane which can carry those uh, is the uh, Su-24. Uh, Ukrainians have them, but uh, uh, in limited uh, uh, quantity, and uh, so therefore there are questions whether the effectiveness of this uh, weapon would be as high as anticipated. Meantime, uh, the Kremlin has just promised uh, an adequate response uh, to that uh, decision of the uh, UK Defence Ministry, uh, but they did not specify uh, how exactly Russia would respond uh, on, this, uh, on this shipment. Yes, and that important line in the uh, announcement or that expectation that these would only be used in Ukrainian sovereign territory. So the point there to make that this would be purely defensive, not offensive. 
Yes, of course. And uh, it's, this is really important for both for the UK and for the Ukrainian government, uh, because in case if uh, those uh, missiles could be used for offensive operations on the targets inside Russian territory, uh, I mean, in territory, Russian territory in its borders of uh, 1991, uh, that could be uh, lo looked at as, uh, as an escalation of the conflict, as uh, as a help uh, with the offensive on the Russian soil. And uh, this could lead to a response, uh, not to the Ukraine, but uh, to the UK. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's really important that uh, uh, UK Defence Ministry is underlining uh, this. And uh, again, uh, they are, uh, as, as it's seen in Moscow, they're trying to show that uh, they're not helping uh, Ukrainians with any offensive operations, but only with the defensive ones. Yes, uh, and the important point too was that Ben Wallace uh, suggesting that these are not in the same league as some weapons that Russia is using, uh, but at the same time saying Russia must recognise that it is their actions that have led to this point whereby the UK is providing these weapons to Ukraine. So there will be nervousness, as you've touched on, about ratcheting up uh, tensions on both sides and, and assisting Ukraine without wading into the war too much. This is correct. And uh, moreover, if uh, this awareness has uh, first uh, emerged in Russian uh, government when they were uh, first big shipments of uh, uh, HIMARS uh, or rocket launchers, uh, uh, like a, uh, swing. So first Russia says that uh, the shipment of any sort of Western weapons, uh, it could be considered as uh, uh, the direct involvement of the Western countries in the war. Uh, and uh, Russia would uh, respond uh, to them as uh, to the parts of the conflict. And second, uh, usually uh, either the Minister of Defense or the President Putin himself says that uh, this is uh, some sort of an old uh, missile, old weapon, uh, old machinery uh, just being shipped uh, to Ukraine from the Western countries and Russia doesn't bother with those. But uh, the situation on the front line uh, shows otherwise. And uh, it's, uh, for instance, uh, like uh, uh, the Patriot uh, complex uh, uh, shipped from the U.S. Uh, has uh, shot a uh, Russian missile, a uh, Russian hypersonic missile, which uh, was before considered to, to be like unstoppable. Uh, Sergey, it's good to have uh, your thoughts there. Sergey Goryashko there in uh, Riga for us from BBC Russian. Um, so let's talk a little more about what we've heard so far this morning, that the UK will provide uh, those longer range missiles to Ukraine. Uh, a little later, we'll hear from a former British military intelligence officer over the significance of that provision uh, and where that takes the so-called spring offensive, that uh, Ukrainian offensive to take back a large part of the land that is currently occupied by Russia. So we'll talk about that in just a few moments. But uh, before that, let's hear from the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. He's been speaking to uh, our correspondent, Hugo Beshega in Kyiv about the provision of weapons from the West. Uh, the president has been saying there has been a significant delay and that could affect the fight back of Ukraine against that Russian invasion. Take a listen to what he was telling the BBC's Hugo Beshega. So, Mr. President, I've been here for a few weeks and uh, I think every, almost every conversation I've had has touched on the issue of this much-anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive. Are you ready for this counteroffensive? 
Mentally, we're ready. In terms of how motivated our military are, we're ready. In terms of enough personnel in our brigades, we're ready. In terms of equipment, not everything has arrived yet. That's my answer. Uh, so you're still waiting for weapons and for the kind of military equipment that have been promised to arrive? Yes, we're still expecting some things. They will reinforce our counter-offensive. And most importantly, they will protect our people. We're expecting armoured vehicles. They arrive in batches. We can advance with what we've got, and I think we can be successful. But we will lose a lot of people. I think that is unacceptable. We need to wait. We need a bit more time. Let me talk about something that happened last week, because Moscow accused Ukraine of uh, of. Uh, trying to assassinate President Putin. Um, was Ukraine behind that alleged attack? No, clearly we were not behind it. They're always looking to do something that would look like justification. You do this and we do this in response. But it didn't work, not even for their own people at home. So who was behind it? I think they did it themselves. It was their launch. There were no victims and no one was wounded. Nothing happened there. What happened there? What kind of magic thing was carrying bombs? Why did it fail then? No one was killed. Everyone was safe and sound and so on and so forth. That's why they did it themselves, absolutely. I'm confident of this. And next year is an election year in America, which is your main ally. And um, I can't vote. I'm a citizen of Ukraine. I can't say who I'd vote for. <laughs> but apart from that, are you concerned that depending on who is elected, you could end up losing this support from your main ally? Mm. It's hard to say, to be honest. Elections and internal processes always affect any country, especially if we talk about elections in the US. First, I don't think we will lose bipartisan support. And second, US elections are taking place in a year's time. Who knows where we will be? I believe we will win by then. We're here in Kyiv uh, as Eurovision is happening in Liverpool, in England, and you were supposed to be hosting it here, but you can't because of the war. How disappointed are you that you cannot host it? I have great respect for the United Kingdom and its society. It's an amazing country. From the very start, my opinion has been that if we can't host Eurovision, it should take place in one of the countries that share a border with us, such as Slovakia or Poland, or any other country which our people can reach easily, something nearby. So that's uh, the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, speaking to our correspondent, Hugo Bishega. Um, so as promised, let's get the thoughts now of Philip Ingram, who's a former British military intelligence officer. Philip, thank you for joining us. 
Uh, let's start at the beginning because we've got through quite a lot in the last hour in terms of what the UK will provide to Ukraine. They are called sh uh, Storm Shadow Missiles. What are they? The Storm Shadow, it's an air-launched cruise missile that um, is pre-programmed on the ground, um, can fly very accurately following map of the earth technology um, up to, uh, well, beyond 250 kilometers. So that brings uh, the whole of occupied Ukraine into its range. Um, and uh, it has got a, a warhead up to 450 kilograms, which uh, the UK versions of them have got bunker busting warheads on them so that they can go through reinforced uh, concrete and destroy whatever's needed inside. And so what does that tell us about what the potential targets of these missiles could be? Well, what this allows um, the Ukrainians to do is to start to prepare the battle space for their counteroffensive in a much better way that they're doing. So they can target the Kirch Bridge, which is a, uh, an important logistic link between Russia and Crimea. Um, it was uh, damaged, badly damaged by um, an attack last year, and the Russians are only just repairing it. It can attack Russian logistic bases inside uh, Crimea that are there supporting um, Russian uh, activities inside the eastern part of Ukraine. It can attack Russian command and control um, and um, uh, airfields as well that are supporting uh, Russian operations inside the eastern part of Ukraine. And all of this will be done as part of the, the shaping the battlefield, shaping this area before the Ukrainians launch their, their uh, primary ground offensive. And that stops the Russians from being able to react in the way that would cause that excessive number of casualties that um, President Zelensky mentioned. Um, and talk to me about the significance of what we believe are the terms and conditions attached to this, this deal uh, in which these missiles will only be used in Ukrainian sovereign territory. Uh, that is an important caveat to this deal, isn't it? It's a very important caveat. And you, know, I think President Zelensky and the Ukrainians realise how important it is that their weapons supply from the West is maintained. Um, and therefore, they will operate the weapons that are supplied to them within the caveats that have been given to them, because they know that if they operate outside that, the West will know about it. Our intelligence is very good indeed. Um, and it would risk that wider weapon supply. So they'll not do that. They'll play within the rules.